0: Here we go, we're live. All right, hi, thank you so much. It's Joy Foster from TechPixies and you're listening to our podcast all about or watching, you might be watching it live. This is one of our live ones actually Uh, and it's all about values. Um, And I'm delighted today to be joined by someone who I have a lot of respect for and who's been a mentor for me as I've built my business, um, Mike Jennings, who is gonna introduce himself but he is um, effectively the chairman of Jennings Group and runs a very, uh, very impactful mentoring program as well. So Mike, do you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself?
1: Yes, well, good morning, Joy. Lovely to see you, it's been been quite a while. uh, And thank you for inviting me to be uh, on this podcast. Um, We're
0: delighted you're here.
1: So I'll, I'll just say a few things about the business and then talk a bit more about the culture, which I think is probably more relevant to your listeners. Uh, or viewers, um, the so the, the company uh, is is called uh, Jennings, um, and it's my my grandfather started it. It was a, originally a poultry farm, um, but we my father and myself converted the buildings, and have added a lot since into a, basically a business park. And we came to realise that um, looking after tenants is a bit like looking after chicken. You know, if you if you feed them well, they they lay the eggs. You know, and um, and so it 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 boiled down to building. Um, relationships with with our tenants and having, as business owners ourselves, having an empathy with like-minded business owners. And after my father passed away in 1995, I'd been working with him for three years at that point, uh, and I took on the role almost accidentally, um, having first trained as an accountant. But I did recognise that, I realised that what we were doing was somewhat different than Pretty well all of the commercial property businesses, uh, and I and I felt I was doing something wrong initially, but but kept at it because it it felt right, um, and in fact I set up um, a, a group um, of all the business park managers in, in Oxfordshire, and one of my reasons for doing that was to see if they wanted to copy what I was doing, but none of them have done, and so so but anyway it, it, I know it's been the right thing to do because we built a culture around it and we. Uh, I, I doubled down on it about 12 years ago by specifying uh, what our values are, Repre- um, and I know quite a lot of businesses, including Tech Pictures, have gone through that um, uh, um, mechanism now as well to try and, uh, to understand and, and set their own values. So we did it a long time ago, and really it was it was establishing what we were already doing, um, and. And so we came up with six values, which are um, identified. I mean, I can go through them if you want to ask the question, but I won't bore people at the moment.
0: No, um, I do want you to go through them. But before we do that, can I just pause and just let's, let's relate this to, to how we worked together? Because um, you run a successful mentoring program in Oxford. And uh, obviously, Pixies is based in Oxford. And we were face-to-face only for a very long time. And we've just, in the last year and a half, really moved our business online. And um, but I I can think of so many points in the Tech journey where things were going great or where things weren't going as well as we'd like them to go. Or, you know, we had to make I had to make key decisions. People in the business had to make key decisions. And I I think back and it gives me chills um, to the day that you came in and spent a whole day with us. Uh, and much of the team has changed. In fact, not long after that day, I had to lay off most of the people that were in that room, and that was really challenging for me, Um, but we had, uh, when I met with you for the very first time, and I remember it was at a coffee shop around the corner, which we can't do right now. This is is the closest we can get to coffee, but one of the very first questions you said to me was, you know, do you know what your values are, and I, I just, I mean, I remember so vividly thinking, well, you know, I, you know, I'm a Christian, these are my, you know, these are my values. And, but it was not like what my personal values are, but what were the values for the business? And I didn't know, you know, I really didn't know. And, and that was what you came and you spent a whole day with us. And it was so interesting because that process, we didn't even have the value set immediately either. Like what that day was all about was digging into what we were all about, um, really challenging me to write a vision. I remember how hard that was yeah. <laughs> to write the vision and the mission and understand that side of the business. And I just think what we what we ended up coming up with, and many of the people who follow Tech Pixies will know this, is um, the word "sparkle." So supportive, positive, authentic relationships with women who are keen to learn and want to be empowered, um, and that has been the guiding. Light uh, in almost every decision we've made. And, you know, I'll tell you one of the ones that's been the trickiest one. I mean, there's a lot of good ones in there that are easy. You know, being supportive is easy. Being positive for me is relatively easy. Um, you know, working with women who are keen to learn and want to be empowered, I'm all about that. You know, the one that has been the hardest to uphold um, and be authentic, uh, true to is authentic. And, um, and there have been some tough conversations where, you know, maybe uh, someone who's come to our program hasn't quite understood that or we've had to be, you know, I've had to be a little bit stronger about giving feedback to employees in an authentic way that's positive and supportive, but also says, hey, look, we've got to make improvements here or, you know, so that's been the trickiest one that I've had. But I, I've that experience of, of really digging deep and trying to figure out what the value set for Tech fixes was has been instrumental in where we are now, for sure. So
1: I want to thank well, you, first of all. Well, well, that's delightful to hear that, um, and you know, and I would love to be able to do that, and um, to be invited to other businesses to help them do the same thing. And it's it's so delightful to hear how you are still referring back to the, that day and those values and and maintaining them through the operations of the business, because that's what we do, <clears throat> and it's really important to be able to do that. And I I consider that the day I had with you was more about giving you and your team permission to be yourselves in your business. Uh, because otherwise we get the hang-ups around, we've got to make money, we've got to keep costs down, um, and you know this has got to happen, that's got to... It's more, you feel it's more about what other people would think of you than what you really want to do. So you put that all to one side and focus on, what are we all here together trying to do? And um, so I always divide business into the three sectors of, um what you do um, then the more important thing of why you do it and then the even more important thing of how you do it and, and in my view the what can change but the why and the how don't and the, the why is what i would call purpose and, it, and it's the purpose which drives you And i'll talk about you personally because that's what creates the motivation for you but also for all the people who get on board with you not just your team but your customers as well and i think your suppliers certainly applies to us. In my case uh, our purpose is we, we rent premises it's pretty dull stuff um, but our purpose is to create an environment where people can feel valued so that by doing that what we're doing is saying we don't if you don't set a purpose people will assume that your purpose is to maximize profit because that's what businesses are for aren't they people think but we know businesses aren't about. You didn't set up your business to maximize profit. Almost everybody I meet in, in business, and there's been thousands over the last 10 years or so, um, that is not. It's sometimes it's the first thing that comes out of their head because that's what they expect to, we want to hear. But the truth is um, that they set up the business because they've got some passion or they've seen something wrong with society and they want to correct it. Um, so everybody, in my view, can find a purpose and the reason for having it is to take away this assumption that we're all running businesses to maximize profit because it's just not true. And it comes from the corporate mentality. You know, corporates do that. So therefore, all businesses do that. It's just not the case. And I've, I know I'll keep saying it's like I'm blue in the, t- in the face. And and, and and most people will probably think, oh, look, he's, all, he's off on one. I don't believe that. Of course, they're all greedy bastards. Sorry. But, um, you know, <laughs> that's... And, and you see, I see it daily and le- less so now, but certainly in the past, and I know lots of people in business who do that, the behavior of certain people, and I talk about customers, suppliers, and team, are predicated on the assumption that you're, a, you're greedy and you want to make as much money as possible. And you have to cut through all that, you have to state what your purpose is, and then you have to behave. It's, I think it's really important to have the behavior right, and which is the values how you conduct yourself in business and more importantly how you want to, your team to conduct themselves according to your values and in your case it was the team values we worked on because you had a team already but I think for most people starting a business understanding your values and appointing people based on your values means you have a collective group who are all sharing the same values and that's where you get connection and then people see that connection and the weird thing is you know when in my business when when we set our values we had a team of eight and within six months i think i told you this joy half of them left um and it was it was a, a bit of a shock um they didn't go ostensibly because of the values but looking back on it i think that was definitely the case and um but uh three or four years after that i did a similar exercise with our tenants our customers and we we are appointing new tenants based on their values uh, we want people to join our community who are like-minded, and we are finding that most of those people who leave, generally, um, are, they, in one way or another, their values don't match.
0: That's we- really interesting that you say that, and I'm going to just stop you there for a second, because so one of the things that we do, we, and we've been doing for the last year, is we have this four-part free training series to come into our program, and it's all about social media, but and this is where this is the big, but we don't talk about social media until the second training session. The first training session is entirely about mindset. And it's so interesting because I get a lot of emails back. Like I thought you were going to talk about social media and, you know, and I come back to them and I say, well, I could teach you everything I know about social media, about digital marketing, about websites, about, you know, funnels. I could teach you everything I know about that. But if you don't have the right mindset, if you don't believe that the skills that I can give you are gonna help you return to work, change careers or start a business, if you don't believe that fundamentally you can earn money, you can return to work, you can change a career, you can if you don't believe you can do those things, nothing that I teach you is gonna matter. Mm -hmm. And it's it's really interesting because um, it really weeds people out really fast. And we give people criteria in order to keep training. And it was very interesting. We had 4,000 women sign up for our training And only a thousand of them carried on past the mindset part. And that, but what that meant is that the women who then went on to sign up into our 11 week transformational program, they were like turned on. They knew exactly what we were trying to do. And I love that you've applied that to your tenants as well. And can I just say from someone who's walked into your buildings several times, I have always felt always felt extremely welcomed you know people the people always know your name they always check in and say how are you doing I mean I just have loved being in your buildings and I know right now we're in the middle of the coronavirus so I'm sure that environment has changed for you a bit but I'm I what I know hasn't changed is your communication and your care for your tenants because of the way you value things so that is really interesting
1: and the the hard thing for me was to organize it in a way that the team were able to do that without me because legacy for me is about culture not about the size of the business it's about maintaining that culture <clears throat> so i wanted to be clear um, in my own mind that's why i became chairman about eight or nine years ago now and passed the business on to paul who's my md for that business um, and uh, with him having a very good understanding of the values because he was par- took part in the exercise when we set them, uh, and all the people we've taken on since are, uh, understand the values too and, and are inculcated in it, and so they operate the business on that basis. The first, if a tenant doesn't pay, the first thing is not to not to send them a bill, not to send them, a stand, but but to go and knock on the door, and say hi, can we chat about this? And um, you have well, there's obviously a reason. Often tenants are nervous about saying anything to the landlord so we have to go in and say look tell us about it what's going on yeah you know, do you is your business changing do you need some less, smaller premises let's talk about that or do you need a holiday for a bit let's talk about that or is there something else we can help with you know so and it's a it's a helpful attitude rather than a rather than a damning attitude because the money hasn't been paid as you we had a contract and you should have there's an obligation under this whole i mean i wrote a, in my next book i'm writing a whole not a whole chapter but a whole section on the idea of contractual obligation. You know, it's um it's such a horrible negative negative connotation term, but it's so uh, inculcated in our business society, you know. Um, it's all about contracts and doing having to having to follow them.
0: Well we have oh sorry.
1: We need we, discussion. Especially as, well as I was going to finish off.
0: No, with. you do, yeah, you do. And discussion is so important and that conversation is so important. Um, we're getting a lot of great comments and questions on the live so i'm going to come to those in a minute Can but, I
1: just say, um, one, before you go on joe i just want to say one thing about your comment about the warm feeling you have when you go into our buildings that is what warms my heart more than anything else and i've heard it said a lot of times you know, people drive onto the park and immediately they feel calm so and the environment i'm talking about the environment where people feel valued isn't just a built environment it's not just the the nature of the the design of the buildings, it's not just the greenery, you know, the shrubs and the trees that we planted thousands. It's not, you know, we don't plant trees to make it look like an office park or manicured and stuff. We're a rural business park. And so we have all sorts of we have weeds growing We have all sorts of things. But it looks natural. Um, and I like that. I, I, I want it to be a little bit uh, a little bit unkempt, but in a nice way. Um, and then the other thing about environment is the attitude of people. So our team are expected, taught to be themselves. We had a great example with the, the most recent girl we took on from, um, who came from British Gas, and she now is, is a, uh, one of our receptionists, or she was until lockdown, of course. And um, she was asked to send an email to tenants and she said, well, how do I do that? What, what do you mean? She was in, um, in uh, marketing or customer liaison with British Gas, do I write an email, right? And in British Gas, she'd been told what to write each time. And, and the coin to her from one of the other managers was, just be yourself. Just be yourself. How high is that? Just be yourself. Are you sure? Yes. But what if I get it wrong? Well, if you get it wrong, we'll sort it out. Don't worry about it. You know? And you, you, you make life easy for your team and for your, and for your customers. And then that creates an, an easy environment. And that's why you feel that warmth when you walk into a building.
0: Yeah, I just love that. I really do. And, and it's so true. And it's not just like walking into a building, but it's it's the energy, right? It's the it's the energy that the people provide. Um, I, I think what I so th- there's, there's two reasons I wanted to talk to you today. And this is why I asked for this interview. So we've got some women who are setting up uh, They're kind of solopreneurs. They're setting up their first business. They don't have a team yet. Um, and, you know, so they, they're going to have the question like, do I need to set my values? How do I do that? And then the other group of women, and this is really interesting to me, and we've um, we just talked this whole month is the month of May is about returning to work. Uh, And I still think it's a valid topic, even in this environment, because we are going to be returning to work soon. Um, And we don't know when, but we know eventually. And we know that there are jobs out there. And we have women who are in our program. They're a couple weeks in. They're already getting jobs. So we know that jobs are available. Um, and, uh, but, but one of the things that I started talking about in the previous um, podcast was your ideal employer avatar. So we have this thing in marketing called your ideal customer avatar. And I kind of flipped it on its head. And I said, you know, to the ladies that were going through the LinkedIn program, um, part of the program, I said, look, you need to start thinking about your, if you're gonna return to work, because not everyone's doing that, but about a third of the women are returning to work. You need to think about your ideal employer avatar. And you need to think about their value set and whether or not it aligns with your own. And I know that, you know, we do a lot of work with our Canva vision board in the very beginning and our, and our values, um, and we really challenge the women to think about where they are now, where they want to be, how they're going to get there, and really see the vision of their life in a year, five years, 10 years from now. And, um, but these, this question of values for like the solopreneur and the person returning to work you know, they really have to align. If you're going back to work, your values have to align with your employer's values. And if they don't, it's not going to be a great fit. And and you know, again, for the solopreneur who's just starting out, they might say, Well, if I if it's just me, why do the values matter? So can you talk about both of those things and then also expand a little bit more on your
1: framework? <laughs> I'll try to Almost every sentence you say, I've got something I want to say about it. And it's all get, <laughs> it gets a bit confused. I think. Bringing it all together, I think the thing that gets in the way is money. Um, and it's the it's the drive, because we're in business to make money, right? Um, but that's true only in the sense of you get a job to make money, to earn money. So, but do you enjoy your job or not? So are you running a business because you're desperate to make as much money as possible? Why are you running it? Because you've got a clarity of purpose. There's something you desperately want to do. And if you desperately want to do something, then you have to put, idea of making money to one side everybody needs to make enough to feed the family right um but beyond that is 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 not absolutely necessary so we're not it's not about driving for the ultimate so for example understanding your customers what i call um i call it niche marketing everyone's in a niche we're all in a niche it's understanding what your niche is what you would say what you just described as um working with people who share your values okay that's quite probably quite hard to do um you have to first of all understand your values which is hard in its own sense and then you have to uh think about how does that impact on um in your customers and and my customers aren't going to have the same values as me are they they can't be exact an exact match and is it a reasonable thing to turn down customers well I, i i experienced that many years ago quick story um when I just built Hamden House, which is our seminal office building, 20,000 square foot office building, biggest building by a long way than we'd ever put up before. And a real risk for me personally in doing it. And I was desperate to rent premises and we had these two suited guys turn up and I showed them around excitedly showing them how the lights come on automatically and, and how there's no door furniture much on the doors and, and how I design all that. And they looked at me and said, excuse me, Mr. Jennings, um, is there a way to get to this building? Um, is there an alternative route to get to this building? I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we have to come past all these industrial premises. And I thought, ah, I know you I know where you're. So I said, um, look, um, this is a mixed use business park. We all muck in together. And if that's not your thing, you're in the wrong place. And I told them straight. And it was in a few minutes later, they had gone. And I was glad that they had gone. And I tell that to my team. So it, I don't want any of the people in the team to think that it's important that we take on every customer that comes along. No, we 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 pick and choose the ones. Um, and I and I've met lots of people in business who they've had customers who've been very very difficult. Um, and right, and they've kept going with them because of the money, right? They, they don't think of it. It's not in, it's not immediate in your brain like that, but but you do, you know, I, I can't lose a customer. How? What are people going to say? You know, is, is well, the kind of thing I that goes through your head.
0: If I go back to that, I, I haven't experienced that with TechPixies because we have all of these barriers to even signing up, um, like the mindset training and, you know, the high price and all that stuff. But um, where I did experience that was when I was scraping by as a freelancer, you know, trying to just, you know, make enough money to kind of, Make it worth it, you know and and actually those situations usually led to me not only giving up the project and like throwing in the towel but then having to give them their money back because I got so frustrated i didn't even want I didn't even want the tie like I wanted to sever all ties so they, so those relationships became very costly and toxic and um, I wish I wish I'd had barriers like a high price point and you know, some, some um, really strict criteria to walk them through to work out whether or not they were the right people before I worked with them. Um, I wish I'd known that.
1: And I think values really help on that because um, you, you have to get to a stage where you think this just isn't working for me. And most people who go through the, the, um, the, the initial process of sacking your customer, because that's what it is, <laughs> it, it, they, it, it's hard initially, but the relief they get afterwards is palpable. And, and people I've mentored to talk to me about it. So I I understand what it's like. I high-five them. Well done. You've, you've sacked your first customer. That is a big step in business, right? That people don't ever talk about, but it's really, really important step. Because it it's basically you claiming your independence or another level of the independence of being just working for yourself. And that's what working for yourself really is all about. A claim for independence from the control that dynamic that you have in employment.
0: Is that not the truest statement ever? <laughs> well, then no, but I remember sacking my first client. In fact, um, he was a very good friend of mine and we still do business together in a different capacity. But I remember he said to me, have you just fired me as a client? And I said, I said, I guess I have. And he said, I'm so proud of you. He said, I'm really glad that you're starting to work out what you want to do and what you don't want to do. Yes. I think the mistake people make, well, and I think it's a trial and error process, right? When you're trying to figure out what kind of business you want to run. But certainly in the early days, I would take anything that came across my, I didn't understand values. I didn't understand purpose. I didn't understand mission. I didn't understand any of that. And I was just like, I just want to, I just want to make money to, you know, contribute to my family. Like that's what I cared about. And, um, you know, and to be honest, I wasn't doing that very well. And I think because I hadn't established values and purpose and a mission and all that stuff, it's it's really hard to make a business be successful if you don't have those things in place. If you don't really know your why, it's really hard to make it successful. And I think, you know, the, the reason Tech Fixies is now coming into a very successful place is because we've spent years working on the values, the purpose, the mission, and just, you know, even when it got really hard, we dug deep and and really touched base with those again. And one of the things I think I learned from the book, you know, I've got the book here, and if anyone's watching and wants uh, to win a copy, we've got a couple copies that Tech Pixies is gonna sponsor to send out because it supports Mike's amazing mentoring program. So put in the comments, if you're watching this live, put in the comments why you think uh, you need this values book Um, But I think, you know, one of the biggest things that I learned was these values hold, they hold steady. So you put them down and they're like your, they're like your Bible. They're like your, your, your constitution there. And you were really, you were really strong with me. Like this is not, these don't waver, you know, the business may change the um, environment around you may change, but these are the things that you're going to hold true to in the good times and the bad.
1: Yeah. So, um, couple of things I wanted to say about that so I think I talk in the book about um, a mindset of abundance versus a mindset of poverty Um, and a poverty mindset is one where I need to grab everything I need to take all customers and the abundance mindset is I have sufficient so therefore I'm able to choose the customers I want to work with and once you get to that stage life in business becomes easy because you're working with people who share your values or uh, behave in a reasonable way, will trust you or will understand you. So it's very easy um, in business to say something a bit off the cuff. And some people will, um, tr- will treat that with suspicion and other people will say, oh yeah, I understand what you mean. And, and the, the trust will, will deepen. Um, so um, where you have trust, then that works fine, but where there's suspicion, then it just creates mayhem. So work with people that you trust. That's on not, not only on the uh, your sales side, but also on your purchasing side, because you are their customer, of course. So um, you you want to have those, you build those later. But you, if you have uh, established relationship with suppliers, then um, you're not worried so much about how much you pay them, but that they are providing a good quality product or service reliable so and i always say it on the basis of um i i've asked you to do something um and i don't have to think about it after that so it, it came about with, with for me it was something with mundane as grass cutting over on up on the business park um once i got a contractor in, i explained to them what i was looking for and what it meant was that every time because we had an office in a different place and every time i went over there i used to worry has the grass been cut but after this contractor started working, I didn't even, that didn't even get into my head. The amount of headspace that cleared up because the contractor just got on, he knew that he was trusted, um, and, and, and he just got on and did the right thing. And he would pick up on stuff that I hadn't even seen and just do it. Um, so you build relationships like that with your suppliers as well. And again, the whole methodology and process of running the business becomes easier, or rather you have more time to focus on the more important things, you know, how the business can grow. And that's why a business grows, because of the ease of the operational side that you're already undertaking.
0: So let's talk about your system for values, because I know people want to know this. And uh, for those of you who are watching, just let me just make this note, for those of you who are watching and have an 11 o'clock live in your cohort, please head over there if you want to. You can always listen to the rest of this on replay. We're gonna go a little bit deeper on the values and how, what the system that Mike uses, and then we're gonna open up to Q&A because we've actually got quite a few people watching live. So I wanna dive into their Q&A. And if you are watching live, um, I'd love it if you'd put your question uh, that you've got already into the comments so that when we're ready to go for Q&A, in about 15 minutes, I'll just um, be able to fire those away. So Mike, let's go into uh, your system for values and how you do that, your framework.
1: Um, how they work or what they are, do you mean? Really well, like how, how you
0: determine them.
1: Okay. Um, well, the way we did it, <laughs> um, because we had no idea either. Um, so the way we did it, we was working with a coach and we, I went with my... Uh, commercial director who's now the MD of the company and so the three of us went to a hotel for two days and we just chatted and we just talked and talked and talked around what do we mean uh, by this uh, what, what is this business really about If we cut out all the the mechanism of the business what is really at the heart what are we actually doing and how can we put that down on paper as a number of specifics specific values uh the way we behave and it, it took two days but to be honest it all came out in the last couple of hours um and we determined um it wasn't just the value itself but the reason why that value is important to us was important so one of the first ones we uh, came up with was openness and honesty so open and, openness and honesty is one of our values <clears throat> um it's been, it's been a um, part of my life forever. I'm, I'm terrible at lying. Uh, and I knew that as a, as a young boy. <laughs> just, it's just my nature. And I, but more than that, I, I want, when I was showing people tenants around, I would show them all the bad stuff as well as all the good stuff of a building. And I would say to them, Look, have you tried, why are you coming here? Well, there's a business park down the road that's just as good, why don't you try them? Well, have you tried them? Compare us with everybody else. And of course, when you do that, what happens is they start to trust you more, I realise. Um, and anyway, um, so the strap line for that particular, because openness and honesty is not good enough, because you, you, you put openness and honesty on a bit of paper and say to your team, this, this is the value, it will mean something different to them than it means to me. And one of the reasons for setting the values was to try and get the team to work in the same way as we were working. And... Um, and a team of the future as well. So openness and honesty is, in our case, for the sake of minimizing fears and anxieties associated with renting premises, all right? So openness and honesty, actually what it does is minimize fears and anxiety. So, when, and, and in particular, when you've got a new tenant coming in, I wanted my team to understand that people who run businesses are fearful of the landlord because the landlord has all the power. So, what because they do so? What so? What do we do? We take away our power by being honest, Um, and then that um, the tenants recognize that it's all subliminal, but they recognize that and then they start to trust us. Then they're making an honest choice to move with us or to go somewhere else, and that's absolutely fine. So, it's about abundance thinking, as I was saying earlier, it's about recognizing that not every customer is for us, um, but we want the ones that we can build a long term relationship with because once they're with us we would prefer it if they would stay as long as possible. And we've had great success with that. I mean, we've got many customers with us for more than 25 years. So that was happening even before the values were set, but it's happening more so now.
0: Okay. Can I just say, Mike, we've got someone who's watching right now who um, says, uh, Debbie Carter, who says she works on the park. It's an amazing community.
1: Ah, thank you. Thank you, Debbie. That's kind. Um, and I agree. It is a lovely community. And, and we've we've actively uh, tried to enhance that by all the, um, not just the way we behave, but all the things that we've done. So we have an open air gym, for example, we have a lake and a pond and we, we have ducks and we, have, uh, we like to have wildlife around. We've got beehives there now, we're gonna make our own honey. So there's all sorts of stuff going on um, to, to build the community and to make it as, we have a Christmas fair every year in, in and uh, we have local people including some of our tenants, selling off some of their stuff so you get cheapish Christmas presents. We've been doing that for years. You know, it's, it's little things like that that, that make it a community. Yeah, but, it's, but the landlord has to instigate it. So going on, there are five other values. And um, the, the most important one probably is trust, the value of trust. Um, and trust is important because why? Because it enables relationships to grow. Relationships can't grow without trust. that trust has to be mutual but my view has always been you can get other people to trust you by first of all extending trust to them but in doing so you're leaving yourself vulnerable for abuse to abuse and so you have to be aware that that's the case and not shy away from the fact that someone can walk away with your money or goodwill or whatever it might be that you're um, trusting them with Um, and that's just the nature of business And my view is if people do that, let them go and we'll find someone else to work with, whether it's a supplier or a customer. So trust is really important, but it starts from you. You you offer trust first, then other people will reciprocate. That's been my experience anyway. Um, Just covering the setting, you said some people were thinking about starting a business and how do they set their values. Oh, my goodness. Um, It's really hard to know how to answer that question, Joy. You know how hard it was for you.
0: Well, yeah, but I think what you've you've kind of answered it, you know, just taking I think what you've said, which is really valuable, and this is and actually someone asked what was the name of the book? It's called Valuable. So um one of the things that I found very valuable is you wanted us to kind of go away for a day. And and you know not be in necessarily our normal environment. Now we were in the Grand Thornton space, which is who was sponsoring us at the time. But we were in a conference room. We brought in food, you know. We brought in an Indian catering yeah. company, and you know we made it really fun. We made it a really fun day. I have still have pictures of that day. And you know every single person in that room um, had not only gone through the program, but really understood our program, and also had worked for the program. So there was this beautiful synergy between you know um what they uh what they could contribute and interestingly enough i remember distinctly that um by being away and all together all that energy came out but the other thing too and i know it's hard if you're a solopreneur that's hard but it's not impossible because you probably have one or two customers you could do that exercise with your customers couldn't you and kind of ask them what they think was why they worked with you in the first place and i think you'd be able to get get a lot out of that i think it does help to have somebody else do that with you but i was just thinking. I was just thinking one of the values that everyone kept saying was flexible. And in the end, F didn't fit into the word sparkle. (laughs) (laughs) So we didn't use it. Um, But it's interesting because I'm glad we didn't use it. Um, We are very flexible as a company, but as we, and this is a little bit of that, you know, constitutional value, as we've grown um, and as we continue to grow, that flexibility changes. Like, we're not as flexible and fluid as we might've been three years ago because we've got a whole team and we've got, you know, uh, there's there's layers now that there weren't before. So, you know, I'm kind of glad that that didn't end up being one of the words, but I I think this process, whether you're a solopreneur or whether you're someone who's returning to work, I think just that process of saying, what in my heart of hearts do I really care about, you know? And then looking, especially if you're going back to work, Looking at if the company has a values sheet or a set, you know, because if, if you were to go work for Jennings, you, you, all over your website, all over everything, your values are plastered. So if someone came into an interview with you and had not read those and didn't know and weren't aligned, you'd, you probably wouldn't hire them. So I think it's for someone who's looking for that ideal employer avatar. They're, what they're doing is they're, they're saying, okay, let's go research the companies we want to work for. Let's go work out what their value purpose and mission is. And then let's see if that aligns with myself. And, and I don't you think like, if you're reading through someone's value purpose mission, uh, you can, you get a real sense as to whether or not there's an alignment just in your body, like the feeling and the core of, you know, like we were talking about, you walk into the Jennings building and you can feel, you can feel that energy. You can feel that care. You can feel that love. And, you know, and, and it's, and it's, and energy doesn't lie, you know, and so when you're, so I guess when someone's trying to make a decision, they should be, if they're in an interview, they should be feeling that energy, they should be looking for those values and and really trying to, if it matches up, you'll feel it, right? I mean, don't you think that intuition's there?
1: Totally. And when you say that our values are included on, um, are plastered over our website, what you mean by that is not the actual values written down. What you mean by that is the words that are used on the website exude the values. So, which is the, which is the case, and every communication from every member of the team, whether it's verbal or written down by email, on a website, on a on a post, a blog. I do quite a bit of blogging, or have done. Um, that has to be values-led. So everything you do, it has to be not here. It's no good here. Uh, if you remember at the time when we, when I was um, helping you with your values, we were in a certain. A firm of accountants offices and their values were written on the wall and I think I said don't ever put your values on the wall because <laughs> we, we put ours on the mugs um, it'll happen in the past and, and it, it's that's almost inconsequential it's almost a, a, a it's a it's a, a nod to the values the values have got, have got to come from your head to your heart you have to have them in your heart um, and they have to be part of what you do the way you change you you run your life um, and um, if it's not like that, then it won't work. And that's the problem. A lot of businesses, it's been a bit of a thing at the moment recently, oh, uh, let's set our values. And a lot of businesses um, go through the, the, the uh, methodology of, of setting up values, come up with a few words, and then think, right, that's it, we've done it. And then it gets completely ignored. Uh, and as I understand it from the receptionist, that's what British Gas did, for example. It's, and they paid thousands, hundreds of thousands of pounds, I think, to the specialists, to the cult coaches to get it all sorted out. And then as soon as they, they leave the, the building, it all goes back to normal. Why? Because managers are managers and managers do what they do and they, they want to control, you know, and um, Values is about, um, it, it's almost a way of getting away from controlling and working to a, a system that suits the independence of each individual member of the team.
0: And, and working to a higher purpose you know, at the end of the day, it, I think it also is working to a higher purpose. It's working to deliver the best service in the best way to the best people. And, and you know, that wholeheartedness, um, there's a great book. Uh, it took me a while to get through, it's very academic, but Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. And she talks about wholehearted living. Yep. And it's, it's that, you know, it's that, um, it's that ability to create something that is wholehearted and that is, that is greater than money, that is greater than results, um, and that creates that, uh, that energy and that feeling that, you know, that empowers people to deliver the service that you want them to deliver or to experience the service that you want them to experience.
1: Yes. Uh, and so it comes back again to what is your purpose? And and my view of purpose very clearly is that purpose is social in nature. So whatever you what are you what are you doing to help your fellow human being, and it could be environmental, but environmental extracts to to social as well. You know, if we look after our environment, we're doing it for the benefit of people, uh, and ultimately. And so, social purpose is what it's all about. And a um, social enterprises I, I've been critical of the term "social enterprise for such a long time that in my new book, one of the chapters is going to be called the Anti-social Enterprise." Because, <laughs> because all enterprises are social by their nature, and we have to rethink what business is all about, you know. And, and luckily, in, in the UK, 97 percent or something of businesses are less than 10,000 people. Um, So, I'm not exactly sure what the percentage is, but it's a very high proportion of very small businesses. And I would contend that almost all those business owners have a social purpose behind what they're doing. They don't necessarily know it and don't necessarily apply it because they're often too fixated with the profit motive. Um, But they are social in nature. They are from their community. They employ from their community. They sell to and buy from their community. So it's a community organisation. So it's a social enterprise. And the trouble is the term social enterprise has been bastardised to to be something a bit odd, an organisation that doesn't make any money. Well, no, it's not about money. It's about why, uh, what is business for? Um, And business should not be and isn't about maximising money. We have been told and we think all our education is about that's what business is. It's not like that. And and most businesses are there to to do something good in society. And once we start focusing on that, that's when the changes uh, and the real good nature of business will start to to kick in. Uh, And I look forward to that time. And then these global corporates will all have have had their day.
0: Well, I love that. And I think it's now time to go into the Q&A. And while I, I'm going to give you the first question, I'm going to run in the other room and get my charger because my battery is now about ready to die. And I don't want this interview to end. Everyone is loving this interview. Agudas just said, oh my goodness, my heart is actually leaping for joy listening to this. Tani is saying such a positive message. Nicholas says, relief and guidance, I dare to think bigger. Um, there are so many wonderful comments on here. It gives me chills. So I'm going to go get my charger. But let me add, let me get your first question going. Uh, and uh, so Aguda says, is it true that we have three to five core values which do not change? And while you answer that, I'm gonna go get my charger.
1: Okay, um, so how many core values do you have? Um, I, I think that's really up to the individual. In, in my own case, we, we came up with six core values. And uh, since then, I have asked the team whether we should take any away or add any. And but they came up with two. Um, one was the value of kindness. And the other one was the value of fun. Um, but thinking about it, I decided and the, and the team agreed that um, in what we do, we're kind. It's the nature of all the other values. And if we're not having fun, why are we here? What's, what's the point of being in business? And so we stuck with R6 in our case. Um, and I think there's value in once you have set your number of values, and it doesn't matter whether it's three or five or six, I wouldn't have, if it was me, I wouldn't have any more than six. But if you feel desperate that you should do, then I'm not gonna stop you, of course. Um, but once you've established them, sit with them for a while and see how it, they fit in with the business. And but, um, with after a year or so, don't make any changes. Just, just keep it, keep as, it, there's more power in um, consistency I think of values than there is in, if you start changing, then there's potential you might change again. Um, And then no one knows where they are.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that, that was really powerful for me. And that's why like we didn't put flexibility in there because we kind of knew we were going to grow one day. And, you know, I think I just want to touch on one thing. And I, I, there's a really nice comment here that says, thanks Mike for showing us that there are companies out there that actually care for staff and customers. And, you know, someone said, what do you mean by ideal employer avatar? Well, here's what I mean. Jennings. Jennings is a perfect example of the ideal employer avatar. I don't know anyone who works for you who doesn't love working for you, who doesn't love the company, what it stands for, the, the tenants that's in the building. I mean, that's what I mean. So I wanted, to, I wanted to interview you for a couple of reasons, but one, I wanted to show people exactly what she said, that really amazing, awesome employers out there exist, you know? And I think so many women have over the years um, settled for jobs because it's just, there's a job, you know, and they don't actually do this work on values. And then they, they're they unhappy in the job and they're unhappy in the job because the values of the company don't align with their values and they don't realize that that's the problem, right? They like, for example, they get frustrated that they can't get flexible work or they get frustrated that they're getting, you know, they have, they're expected to work more than 50%, even though they're contracted for 50%. Well, if the values of the company are, you know, get it done no matter what. Uh, then that's going to be the way it works. You're going to be frustrated. You know,
1: well, it's it's more than just values in that case, Joy. I think um, purpose is really important. What's what's what motivates you, and is the the, the the business that you're working for motivated in the same way? Is is the objective of the business the same? Um, so uh, when you when you're when you're really enjoying your work, which is partly based on motivation and partly on behaviour so purpose and values, then then it's a joy. It's a a blessing to be working as a company like that. Why wouldn't you? Um, And and it goes beyond that. In my company, we take the view, I have done for a long time, that it's part of our job, part of my job, really, to um, enhance the... um, to to help especially younger members of the team to grow in self-esteem and self-belief. And it's really important for us to do that. We we want them to be okay. Let me put it another way. If you're running a business where you set up in business as most have, because of the desire for independence, I don't want to be told by someone else what to do. Yes, that's Why, <laughs> why would you then set up a business, set it, set up your employment basis on the basis of saying I'm going to tell you what to do and I'm going to tell you what to do?
0: Oh, so true. I love that. I wish every person in the world could hear and understand that.
1: And for any (laughs) listeners, I would direct them to my um, TEDx talk, which you can look up, um, where I talk about exactly that, the process of um, setting up and running a business. And it it, it talks about that.
0: Well, we're going to put your TED talk in the show notes for sure. Um, I have another question that's come in from Flora. I find it easy uh, to find the direction with my current business as I have a plan and it's successful and happy. Now it's closed for the foreseeable future. I'm finding it hard to reassess how the business can develop online or whether to start afresh. <laughs> the book would be great. So she's, she, she's, she's buying for the book. Um, I have heard about going away to assess your values. Do you think it really helped? Yes. I, I, agree. I agree. Yeah.
1: <laughs> get, a, get away from the, um, the distraction of everyday business life. Um, and and as, you know, as you will all know, any, any of your listeners who are running a business, you cannot get away from your business because it's in your head all the time, 24-7, whether you like it or not. And people who don't run a business don't understand that because they think, they think <laughs> running a business is 9 to 5, and, it, and it's not. Uh, and we need to take time out.
0: Yeah, you do. And you need to get out of your environment. I know when um, – so one of the things we did last year when um, I hired Lisa, who is our brand manager now – um, but we we went away for three days uh, to uh, I think it was it was just a little you know town a little village in, in Oxfordshire and it was just every day we left we drove out there we or I rode my bike there and we sat down and talked through the success path you know how do we know if someone's successful in our program and how what does that look like and um, but it was getting out of the kind of messy office and into a really kind of nice and tidy decluttered space. Um, that really allowed us to, to just think differently. Um, there's a, there's a, a question from Stephanie that says, how can I encourage my team to share their values? And I'm really interested about your take on this because I suspect I know the answer, but let's hear it.
1: <laughs> well, it's what we did with you, isn't it, Joy, really? I think um, how big the team is would be my first question. I think um, your business, the values have to come primarily from you because it's your business. I, I've always believed that I and mean, that was certainly the case with me. I'm sure it's the case with you, Joy. If there were some values that came out from the team that you didn't agree with, you said, I think you probably did or you certainly would have and said, you would have said, no way, that's not part of my value set. Um, the, the business owner is the one who has to drive this, but that's not to say that you shouldn't take into account the views of your team. Um, and it's really important to, to get them involved. And, and as you say, potentially customers. As well um so so i would say yeah it's it's comes it comes from you first and foremost but listen yeah, to I what think, the team involve the team so they don't feel cut out
0: yeah so, i think that's, that's really important what you're saying is to involve them and because if you don't involve them and then you just say right here's my values and this is what you're doing it's a little bit going back to that kind of you know if you set up a business to have independence and then you're making everybody else not have independence that works for you kind of counterintuitive yeah. I think it's the same thing. It's like, you know, you want people to, you want people to embody those values. And, and like you said, you know, I, even it happens with us too. I, I'm not in charge anymore of, um, of our customer support. You know, I have somebody else. I have two people now who manage the customer support. And, you know, they know how to deal with someone who has an issue or a problem or something's happened in their life. And nine times out of 10, they don't even need to ask me, you know, how do we change this for this person or how do we make it better or how do we fix it? Because they know what the values are. Um, And and also it's really funny because they are also part of our um, sales support team. So they are talking to people and, you know and answering their questions. And they now know, I mean, Juliet knows if it's the wrong person for the program, she will, you know, she'll get on the phone with me and say, this is the wrong person for the program. Yeah. And, you know, most of the time they don't sign up and it's really great when they don't sign up because then we don't have to have the pain of, you know, like two weeks later asking for a refund. And, you know, that's our job is almost to qualify whether or not someone's right for the program before they put their money into it. And we don't want someone to sign up who's not right for it, you know. And
1: But that can't happen, Joy, if you were a perfectionist. Yeah. Because, no, seriously, I, I don't is meant as a compliment. That's
0: <laughs> not one of my qualities, being a perfectionist.
1: Perfection breeds control and if and if you um don't allow for your team to occasionally make mistakes and get it wrong um if you because you know oh i would i would have done that better that kind of mentality and that can be little tiny nuances of conversation as well if you don't allow for that to happen then your team members will close up and not be able to make those decisions themselves you have to let go and that's as you know it's really hard to do that Letting go of even any part of the business, which you've built up as your baby. Letting go of it is really difficult. You should try becoming chairman.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> one day, Mike, then you can coach about being chairwoman. But yeah. one of the things I want to say, though, to that is really interesting, because um, we definitely have a, a kind of a done not perfect mentality at Tech Pixies. And one of the things um, and also I do have kind of like a mistakes are welcome attitude, which you know, it, it, that is scary because mistakes do happen. And Lisa, who, who is our brand manager now, but who came in as our di- digital marketing assistant, one of the first couple weeks in the job, we had the most popular social media posts that we'd ever had with hundreds of comments. And it just, it was gangbusters. And she was trying to do something. She was trying to download the video and she deleted it. And she was just mortified. And she just, you know, she messaged me. She's like, I don't know how to tell you this. I just deleted like our most popular post ever. And I was like, well, you know, what are you going to do? At least we've got the recording. Just put it back up on there. And I think that, that it's so, um, I think if, if, if perfectionism is a, is a value of yours, you might need to reassess that, first of all. Um, but second of all, if you can identify that a company you're going to go work for or a client that you're going to work for, Um, has that perfectionism in them that they are, that's, that is what, that is a good red herring, a good sign to just get away (laughs) because no one's perfect. We all make (laughs) it.
1: No, and and, but you missed the most important thing out about that little story there, which is that um, you said to her, what are you going to do about it? Not what you could have said. Oh, don't worry. I'll fix that for you.
0: Oh yeah. No, she had to fix it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, but that's about, giving making sure that they have the the accountability and the responsibility you know that they have to deal with their own mistakes
0: yeah okay. well she's just written that she's watching this live and she's just written i'm glad that came up no, <laughs> we, we laugh about it a lot and in fact we laughed about it at the time you know and i think that 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 idea of having fun and i love that what you felt was like fun should be like a precursor to your values you know, because we do have a lot of fun on the team and we do make a lot of mistakes and you know I, you just have to roll with it, and I think yeah. um, I, you know and i'm totally okay with rolling with it. <laughs> okay. Pair shape is good says Nicola. Uh, so um, alright, so let's just go let, there's one more question that I want to go through If anyone else has questions and they're watching live please drop it in this is your last chance to get a question um but let's just go back to this one question from aguda which i thought was really good and aguda i, th- I hope you're still here but she says um what do you uh, we we already talked about this identifying your true core values but she says how it's almost like how do you do that when you've been conditioned and i think this is such a great question when you've been conditioned to think a different way or a certain way i just i think that's really uh, really important
1: um yeah i um I don't know. I think reading widely, I'm not trying to promote my book. Um, I was going to say something to you, Joy, about um, uh, one of the things I looked at um, some a year or two after we set the values, actually, was the Sermon on the Mount Mm. and and seeing how um, that matched some of our values. So I think I think at our core, we all have Christian values to some extent. Uh, So I would I would. Read more widely, I would say, not necessarily application the Bible per se, but there are certain texts that you can take from it, um, like the Serenity Prayer is another nice one, um, which uh, which I think I put in my book, um, and yeah, you know, these things are important, and it, they they trans, they almost transcend religion. It, it's about how we work with each other as human beings, you know, how we socialize, and and so being preconditioned, I think we're preconditioned. From I would say from school age. I don't think necessarily from birth, but from school age. Um, and there's been plenty of top, uh, talks on the topic of um, how the uh, industrial age schooling um, teaches us to be automatons, um, to be able to stand in line and just do as we're told. Um, and, but anyone who's setting up their own business is already moving away from that process. You yeah. know, if you're choosing to walk away from employment, which is safe work, which a lot of people do and, and give up that income to go and start a risky venture, there's a reason behind that. And, and so you're already um, evolved from the norm. You're already a cut above when you're running your own business. Um, and as I say, that, that's, that's the key to it, I think. And um, it, I was just gonna say a little story about in my, with, with my coach. <clears throat> it is very easy when you're working on values to get into the headspace. And to bring us back to heart space, heart thinking, what he used to do is, is say, stop. And we stopped good conversation. We were in quite a big room, bearing this in mind, quite a big room, just three of us around a table, just chatting and writing notes. Um, and he would say, stop. Was, What's going on? he said, come here. And he'd walk us into a little alcove, which is no, no more than the size of a double cupboard, or like a wardrobe. And we'd walk into this little alcove, squashed against each other for about three or four minutes. And we'd say, what are we here for? And he said, no, no reason. And then we would... Um, come out of there and as we came back into the room the space opened up and we were back into more of a heart space and that's how uh, he did it.
0: that's it, interesting. Yeah
1: it is isn't it it just yeah. you take away the the spatial dynamic, you change the spatial dynamics and it can alter you, the way your emotions and the way you're feeling about each other
0: well, and that goes back to why you should get out of your normal environment to think about these things, because it you know just helps. Um, all right. So we have to wrap up. But as you said, the serenity prayer, I was thinking, I am pretty sure, and I know we filmed it, we've got it somewhere. I'm pretty sure when I spoke at Jennings about my um, journey as an entrepreneur, I gave the Franciscan prayer at the end for what um, the one that resonates with me. So I just found it and I want to read it. And I think we can close on this because... You know, I know that not everyone who's in the Tech environment is Christian. I know that people come from all sorts of different backgrounds. But the point is, you need to find your values need to be grounded in something. So whatever that is, you've got to find it. And for me, um, the Franciscan, this Franciscan prayer has been a grounding for much of what I've done. So, and I haven't, honestly, Mike, I haven't read this out since I spoke at your event. And this is like a couple of years ago now, way before we got to where we are now. But um, this is gonna give me chills. I call them God bumps, not goosebumps. But um, may God bless you with a restless discomfort with, about easy answers, half truths, and superficial relationships, so that you can seek truth boldly and love deep within your heart. May God bless you with holy anger at injustice, oppression, and exploitation of people, so that you may tirelessly work for justice, freedom, and peace among people. May God bless you with the gift of tears. Oh my gosh, I have a lot of these. (laughs) To to shed for those who suffer from pain, rejection, starvation, or the loss of all they cherish. I can't even read that without crying. So that you may reach out your hand to comfort them and transform their pain into joy. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. May God bless you with enough foolishness to believe that you really can make a difference in this world so that you are able with God's grace to do what others claim cannot be done. So there you go. (laughs) I think we close on that. That's, you know, that's embodiment of exactly what we're trying to do every single day here. And I, I
1: I, I think it's really important to say, this is not about religion, um, not about Jesus. It's not about Christianity, particularly, it's about values and it's about what we hold dear to ourselves and, and how we want to relate to other people and how we expect other people to relate to us as well. But what we will accept and what we won't accept about other people's behavior towards us. And, um, and that is a, a real good, um, it's very useful armor to have when you're going out into the, wild world, the world of business.
0: Yeah, you With, need to be grounded in something. And I think yeah. your values are that that's something that are so important and you need to it take
1: certainly, It certainly gave me a lot more confidence once I'd established a value. I was doing these things anyway, but feeling like there was something wrong with me. Um, but one, once we sat down and I knew what the platform was, what the parameters were, then that gave me such a lot more confidence to get on and, and continue on the same path. So, yeah.
0: Well, Mike, you've been a huge blessing, us, blessing to us today. I know so many people have gotten so much out of this. There's just tons of hearts and thank yous And um, just everyone is just so pleased that they've made it. And I wanna just thank you all for watching live. Of course, we have the replay that will be available. It goes up on the podcast later today and will be emailed out to our whole list. Um, Mm -hmm. But Mike, you are just a gem and thank you so much. And don't forget, if you'd like to get, have a chance to win one of these books, we're gonna sponsor them, Uh, Tech Pixies will sponsor them. So just put uh, in the comments uh, why you want the valuable book from Mike. And um and you know, that will make a decision. Mike will help me pick out who the winners are and we'll send you a book.
1: Or we'll get in contact if you want to buy one and I'll do a discount for
0: you. Oh, perfect. Well actually that's what we'll do. If you don't win one, we'll get we'll put the link in the show notes to where you can buy one with the the special discount from Mike.
1: Okay, I'll see what I can do about that. I've never done that before, but I'll try. I'll try to work out how to do it. Just
0: make it. Just make sure you call it Tech Pixies, and then we're all sorted, because that's what most people do for all of the discounts that we have.
1: And I and I, um, and I uh, look forward to our next cup of coffee in due course. In
0: real, in real life, we <laughs> yeah. have a real cup of coffee. Yeah, when you're yeah. going to have to explain to me how I handle the chairwoman thing eventually.
1: <laughs> yes, of course.
0: All right. Thanks, Mike. Right. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. Yeah. Bye, everybody.
0: Now I've lost my mouse. <laughs>